Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes Podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen, and that is the man himself, Mr. Tyler Guthrie. How's it going on this fine uh, Monday afternoon? Oh, wait, sorry. It's Wednesday, because we do this on Wednesday. So, yeah, it's definitely Wednesday evening. Yeah, and it, that's why it's so dark outside right now. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be able to do this at not 3 in the morning for once, but I think last week we recorded and it was already May, but I'm going to say it again. It is May. This weekend, get to go to the first race of the year in Indianapolis. Indy Grand Prix kicks off the whole month, and that's all I'm going to be doing for the rest of the month. You can actually see my bookshelf now, even though you can't really tell which cars are on it. But, you know, kind of tell, like, if you know, paint schemes like you can like I see a Chase Elliott Unifirst up there. Right. That's the uh, camo thing he did for Dober one year. Oh, that doesn't look like camo. Um, yeah. I see a Byron Rainbow, mm-hmm. uh, Larson Valvoline and Almondinger Indy, which I still need to get <laughs> uh, and some Indy cars up top. Yeah, and Elio's fourth 500 and Colton Herta. I meant to get the Elio diecast and never did, and I probably can't now, is my guess. The 164 is down here above uh, Almondinger. Oh, yeah? Nice. <laughs> I got both of them. But... Nice. Yeah, so good month. Uh, hopefully IndyCar decides to be smart and moves the race start up a little bit this weekend because it's supposed to thunderstorm in the afternoon. So, But we'll see. This race is a whole lot more fun if it gets some weather in it. It's a road course race. They can race in the wet. Not when it's lightning. Well, just don't look at the lightning. Okay. Just pretend it's not there. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I I think that's caused some problems in the past, so probably shouldn't do that. Meh. I think somebody actually got struck by lightning at Pocono once. Sounds like a Pocono thing to happen. It, it does sound like a Pocono thing. I think I that's. St- where I still na- feel like if you enter the track, you just like sign a waiver thing that says like if it lightnings, if there's lightning, you just it happens. Yeah, that's why when it was raining the one time I was at Pocono, I did not leave the media center, <laughs> which was surprisingly small and cramped and not modern at all. Like Pocono hasn't updated its facilities since like 1980 it is pocono that's true but pretty much every other track has updated now at this point and then pocono you're like shoehorned in this little shoebox side room with these really uncomfortable chairs and it's just like three rows of long tables that they've got everybody sitting opposite each other on either side of them like it's it's really weird and they've got like this really small like very little um how do i describe it um like platform it's only raised like two inches and that's where they have all the drivers go for the press conferences it's it's really weird like back shoved back in the corner it's really weird sounds really efficient it is yeah i'm sure it was in in 1983 (laughs) but not in 2023 no not quite we've moved on a little bit in the last 40 years a little bit but we're not here to talk about Pocono. It's not Pocono week. Nobody wants to talk about Pocono unless you are at Pocono. What turn um, four? Yeah, exactly. What turn four? Um, no, we're here to talk about Kansas and Miami and I guess look ahead to Darlington and Indy and whatever. Nashville. We got Nashville this weekend, too. Uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves before we get to that. Um, had some very surprisingly good racing at Kansas this weekend, especially out of the cup race. I mean, trucks and Arca were okay. They weren't great, but they were okay. The cup race, I don't know what happened. I don't know what they put in the water in Kansas this weekend, but that was easily the best race of 2023 so far. I don't know where that came from. I'd really like to just be able to put that in a bottle and just have that at every track going forward. I mean, it was amazing. It was they could actually make passes. They could actually get runs. There was multiple grooves. There was side-by-side racing. We had a last lap pass for the win. We had Denny Hamlin driving down and catching uh, Kyle Larson in the last, like, 20 laps. He actually caught him and didn't, like, get stuck behind him with, like, a bubble of air. Actually got to him. Had a little bit of controversy at the, on the last lap as to how he got the win. 
it was amazing. Like I don't, ten out of ten, best race of the year so far. I don't know how we're gonna top that. See, this is what I think every year when we go to Kansas, because I've thought for the last several years that Kansas was the best mile and a half track on the calendar as far as racing. Of course, it's Kansas and in the middle of absolutely freaking nowhere because it's Kansas. But I have always thought that this track produced fairly good racing, even it's with not the Gen in the middle 6 of nowhere, car. though. It's on the west side of Kansas City. It's Kansas City. Who goes to Kansas City? Me. I love Kansas City. Oh, my God. Kansas City is my favorite city I've ever been to. I love Kansas City. I'll go to the race at Kansas just to go to Kansas City. Oh, my God. I, I've done that before. I have gone to the race to cover the race, and my main point was to spend an extra couple days in Kansas City. Well, you and Clint Boyer can have a barbecue in downtown Kansas City, though. I'm not a big fan of Kansas City barbecue, but, I mean, other than that. Of course. Anyway, I've always liked Kansas. I have always thought it's produced, especially when the mile and a half package was dog shit, that Kansas was pretty good. Uh, like even like the couple years, like Kurt Busch won his like yearly race. He just beats the crap out of everybody for no reason. But yeah, I've always liked Kansas and I always hate it when we go to Kansas and it's a good race. And everybody's surprised that it's a good race. And then we show up to Kansas the next year, and everybody's like, oh, this is going to suck. And then Kansas is one of like the top five best races of the year. And they're like, wow, this track's awesome. It's like nobody ever remembers that Kansas is a good race. I don't know why. Well, there's a reason why Kansas is so good, because it's a sister track to Chicago. And Chicago was always very good, and everybody was always so surprised about how good Chicago was. Chicago was better most years, but Kansas has always been relatively good as well. I think this one, though... This was better than a normal Kansas race. Like, I've always thought Kansas was okay, but most years wasn't fantastic. This yeah. year, like, took it to a whole nother level. And because this year, you kind of got the... It looked like a Gen 4 mile-and-a-half race, where because that was always the problem we had with the Gen 6 cars, even at Kansas. It was so hard to get runs. It was so hard to actually pass anyone because you had that air bubble, that pocket of air that would just get stuck between the cars and you could only get so close and you would just like accordion. They'd get closer and then they'd push back apart again. Nobody could ever like get a run, especially if you had a situation like we had with Larson and Hamlin late in this race. If this had been the Gen 6 car, Hamlin would have never gotten close enough to Larson to do anything. They'd have stayed about a half second apart, and that's the closest Hamlin would have ever gotten in that situation in the Gen 6 car. So kudos to the next-gen car for being able to actually allow this kind of good racing to happen. Thank you, next-gen, for being slightly better at the best mile and a half the Gen 6 was good at. I mean... right. <laughs> okay, I'm glad we changed this whole new car that gave Kurt Busch a career-ending concussion. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, good race, though. Um, controversial in the way that the finish happened, as uh, Denny had run down Larson. He'd made a couple of passes at him and just couldn't quite make it stick just yet. They got down to the last lap. He got to the bumper off of turn two. Goes up to side draft Larson. Larson gets loose off of two, but slightly bounces off the wall, bounces himself into Hamlin's nose, back over into the wall. That's what got Hamlin the lead, and he goes on to win the race. And Tyler and I have differing opinions on what happened here. Tyler seems to think this was Hamlin's fault. I disagree after looking at the replay. I don't see, honestly, how you can blame this on Hamlin as... He's trying to side draft. It's the last lap. What do you expect him to do? He's doing what he needs to do to win the race. He can't predict that Larson is going to bounce off the wall into him. And to be honest, it's the last lap. Like, that's the hazards of war. You you take those chances, and if something like that happens, it's the last lap. You go for it. It's the win. Larson wasn't even mad in this situation. No, I'm not mad about it. I just kind of think like if we're going to point the blame finger, we got to point it at Denny on this one because he followed you him all the way. Denny. I do hate Denny, but that's not the point here. If, if it was anybody else, I'd be saying the same thing I'm saying about Denny right now. Cause he well, then I don't him. think you looked at this wreck objectively because the, the way I see it, he followed him all the way up from the bottom of the track, all the way into the wall, bounced him off the wall, and then caught his 
rear bumper when he came back off the wall. You can't he didn't f- bounce him off the wall, though. He never made contact until Larson came back off the wall. He gave, right. him, a, he gave him a lane up there. Larson took a little more than that lane, took it into the wall, and then came back down and bounced off of Denny. Yeah, but with I a don't car on your left I, rear like that, you're going to get a little loose at the end of the exit of the corner. Well, if Larson's this great driver that everybody touts him to be, he should be able to hang on to that. Well, and if Denny is talking about all the res- lack of respect in NASCAR world at this point, he cannot lay on somebody's left rear on the exit of the corner. How is that lack of respect? He never touched him until Larson came back off the wall. It's not like he drove into Larson. He held his line, stayed off of Larson. Larson came back down and got into him. How is that disrespect on Denny's part? I just like getting your roll up. <laughs> well, good. I we we need this, but I I really I want an answer here. How is that disrespect on Denny's part? No, I just think he was kind of crowding up on the exit of the corner, and that's what he's supposed to do. It's no, the last I, lap. He's giving himself that. the best opportunity to win. I understand that. But I just feel like if you're talking about lack of respect from everybody else, and then you follow somebody up all the way to the wall, and they bounce off the wall, and you turn them back into it, then that's kind of a little bit of a lack of respect to me. You have an interesting definition of respect. So that's what's like he supposed racing, to do? Just stay like a racing down? etiquette thing to me. Give him Ra- like a couple. No, no, no. Feet. Breaking racing etiquette would have been driving him all the way up, dooring him, and slamming him into the wall. He never touched him until Larson came back off the wall. I understand that. I still think it was just not really the best thing he could have done there. So what's he supposed to do? Stay on the white line all the way off the corner and give Larson three lanes of track to work with? No, give him more than half a car length into the wall. I mean, he gave him a full car width. He gave him a full car width because if he hadn't, there wouldn't have been room for Larson to bounce back off into him. When he bounced back off, he only came off the wall about a foot or two. What are you, are you like really measuring the car to shove him all the way against the wall and rim right him around the whole track? I mean, come on. No. <laughs> I see where you're coming from. But as ARCA PR director Charlie Crawl likes to say, everybody's entitled to an opinion, even if it's wrong. No, I get it. And if I was the 11 car, I probably would have done the same thing. But from I understand, but from like just an outside looking at it, like, oh, so I guess you don't have any respect for your fellow driver either. Then I don't. Okay. Have you ever driven on the interstate in Chicago? You can't have respect for anybody. Well, no, fair enough. (laughs) I guess I understand that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just didn't really like it. I think it still boils down to the Cup Series and. Well, I guess NASCAR in general now with the playoff format and having to win to get in. The more wins you get, because in the full season points, first and second place, I mean, what, that's a difference of like a point or two back in the day? And like when they still did full season again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understood what you were asking when they still had full season point standings. Mm -hmm. The difference between first and second in a race was like, like a point or two. So you're talking the points that you get to when you finish the race. Yes. For for one single race. Yes. Um it changed a few times over the years. The original point system, it was like it was more than one point. It was like 5 to 10 points. It was it was like a 5 to 10 point gap somewhere in there between each position. Like the okay. winner got like 180 points per race. Which is um, why we ended the season with like 3,000 points or something. I yeah. always thought that was weird after watching the F1 point system and looking at NASCAR. You get the fit, the end of the year, the leader has like 3,400 points. You're like, whoa, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like if you didn't have the playoff format and the have to win mentality, first and second, you probably wouldn't run them all the way to the wall. I mean, you'd kind of do similar to what Denny did, but you probably wouldn't be as aggressive about it, I don't think. See, I don't know about that, because it's still a race win, and with the format that we have now, take out the win and you're in thing. Just the playoffs in general. The championship does not mean as much to these drivers as it used to. In 2020, when Kevin Harvick got eliminated at Martinsville after being the clear-cut 
champion that season. Let's be honest. He had the best season in 2020 and should have been the champion. When he got eliminated at Martinsville, he got out and said that he was not disappointed that those nine wins or whatever he got that season was more important to him than the championship. And his exact quote was, these are not the championships that Petty and Pearson won. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, under the current format, whether you have the win and you're in thing or not, I think the race win is more important regardless. So, if you're in Denny's situation, under this current format, whether it's win and you're in or not, I think that single race win is more important than the fact that that puts him in the playoffs. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. I And maybe I'm wrong there, but I, I don't think Harvick is alone in those sentiments. I think most of the drivers feel that way, and that's probably why NASCAR seems to be finally rolling back some of these Brian France era changes, but which I is definitely, I think, a step in the right direction. But that's a topic for another day. But either way, I think we're going to agree to disagree on this one. I just don't see how Denny is supposed to, because if he doesn't run Larson like that off the corner, essentially he's giving Larson the win. Because if he doesn't run him as tight as possible without touching him, Larson gets away off that corner, and he's not going to be able to do anything with him in three and four without roughing him up. Right. I mean, I understand it's a racing incident. I'm I'm able to leave it as a racing incident. I don't think there should have been any penalties or anything, because that would have been stupid. But mm -hmm. it's just not really the kind of racing I would like to see. I understand it creates talking points and, like, makes so you'd it So you'd rather see Denny just settle for second and not try to win the race? I would have rather seen him pull in behind the five down the back straight and try to dive bomb him into three or something like Carl Edwards used to did that one time, sent See, it all okay. the way in, but I don't know. But here's the, here's the problem though. I don't think he would have been able to be close enough into three to be able to do that because if he had let off and gotten in behind Larson, Larson has the momentum off the high line, whereas Denny has broken his momentum by letting off and getting in behind him. He'd have been five or six car lengths back by the time they got to turn three and never would have been able to get anywhere close enough to do anything with Larson in three and four. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It just kind of... That was his one and only chance at that win. And personally, I think he played it perfectly. He didn't get dirty with it. He didn't rough Larson up. It's not his fault Larson bounced off the wall. Yeah, I mean, as long as Larson's okay with it, whatever. But it, it's still kind of... I don't like to see it, but I understand it, you know? Yeah. I No, I get it. Like, I don't want to see these guys just roughing each other up all the time and just being dirty and, and that and everybody turns into a Ross Chastain, but... <laughs> Ross Chastain. <laughs> but... At the same time, I don't think this was that. I I, I don't I don't think it was like meant to be malicious or anything. It's no. just kind of just how you have to race with these cars, which whatever. But this this was honestly the most clean, aggressive move I've ever seen, or at least seen in a long time. And personally, I think Denny played it perfectly. I don't think Denny did a yeah. single thing wrong there. And I've been critical of Denny at times, but. I don't think Denny did a single thing wrong here. I think he earned that win and did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, I don't think he took him out, but it's just kind of, you know, not really what I like to see. I don't want to see the top two cars crash down the back straight in the last lap. I, I would rather see a clean pass for the lead, but that's just they me. They didn't crash, though. I mean, Larson they may have literally hit the with, wall, but he continued. I know. Which is and still pretty surprising. Second. I thought that was pretty cool. I, w I would be, I would have a much stronger opinion about this if Denny just spun Larson all the way to the inside wall and he'd smack the inside wall. I did then, think then I would have a problem with it. Maybe I, I, I might, but I probably wouldn't at the same time. Um, I did think it was funny though when they got into three and four, and it was clear that Larson had gathered it up, and he was he was still going that. And Clinch just like, run, Denny! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson at Chicago Land a couple years ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah. See, that was a great finish, too. But I'm going to bet you didn't like that one, either. It was Kyle Busch, so I hated it. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I don't even remember that one that well, but that was kind of like they both hit each other and just kind of smacked the crap out of each other for a lap and a half. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I'd have to go back and watch it. It's been a while, but I think, um, like one of them pulled a slider off of two on the other, and the one that was that ended up in second got into the back and got him squirrely. And then the other one pulls a slider and three and four comes up and just gets turned as they come up and like pull the slider. So I think, yeah, I remember like Larson tried to slide up in front of Bush and like, yeah, got it in front and bounced off the wall and hit Kyle's or hit Bush's nose. And then coming into three and four Bush just mm. kind of sent them. But, you know, Larson has a history of this. I see. Yeah, because it's the kind of racing you had to do on these tracks with these cars. And then why are you mad about it? Because I don't like seeing it. It's not what? the driver's fault, it's the car's fault. So would you would you rather see like what we saw from Miami this weekend for F one? No, because, because that, that, was that was that was very terrible. Clean. That was, was very clean. God, it was so bad. I so, okay. We're gonna we're gonna segue into F one just because you mentioned this. Okay. I understand they're trying to expand in the American market. You're a racing series, not a f- parade. I understand you have to sell tickets and all this crap, but you're not making races. You're making events. You're making concerts and like, I don't know, wine parties and all this kind of crap for people that don't like racing. I do not care which celebrities show up to the race. I care about the on-track product. And until you give me a good on-track product, I will never ever say that F1 is better than IndyCar or NASCAR. I'm sorry. It's just not. You know what F1 says to that? We don't care because we I know they don't care. And we made money off of it. We don't care. I know they don't care, which is why it drives me nuts when you see all these like internet warriors on from Europe trying to talk about how F1 is the best racing series in the world and all this stuff. It's not. You looked at or I looked at practice times from F1 uh, I think it was practice three compared to IndyCar practice at Barber the previous week. The gap between first and fifth in F1 was a second and a half. You know how far down the grid you had to get to be a second and a half off the leader's pace in IndyCar? 26th place. I understand that F1 is not a spec series, and you're going to get times like this if it's not a spec series, but... You cannot put this product on a track and tell me that it's better than IndyCar. No, I agree. Um, I, I, I don't know what the answer to that is outside of just these the 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 European people that you speak of have just been indoctrinated to think that because F one is worldwide that it is that it's the greatest racing in the world because it's F one, um, which. I mean, I don't know what they're looking at either, but I I tend to disagree with that as well. I, NASCAR most weeks, as well as IndyCar, are both better than what we get from F1 most weeks. Now, F1 does have a good race every once in a while, but that's usually when Red Bull is not at their best. Oh, and you uh, notice most of the F1 races that are pretty good are at purpose-built tracks. They need to quit going to city streets in cities that don't care about motorsport like Miami and Vegas and what the one in Saudi Arabia or whatever, these races are never going to be good races. It's not a race track. Why don't now, we go to place? I, I I'm I'm going to say this just because I like road America. Why don't we go to places like road America? That's like an actual purpose built racetrack in the United States. Instead of just some random street in Miami. I understand that, like Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin does not have all the crap that F1 would want as far as like hotels and restaurants and all that. But like somewhere, See, somehow, it, it, there has to be a track that is already there that's better than just putting some walls around some streets in a city. Okay, so I, I've got two points to that. One, I agree for the most part with your street circuit critique, although I have seen some good F1 street races. Azerbaijan most years is actually a really good street race. Singapore Why is I have for a while no too. idea. Huh? Singapore is pretty good for a while too. Exactly. The cars so are too big for Singapore now, but Right. So street races can be good. 
Um, yeah. I, I don't want I don't want to like throw out this blanket statement that street races suck no matter what and they can't be good. Now, as for uh, where F1 should go in America, um, I agree that Miami is probably not the best. I don't think Vegas is going to be good, but you you made the point. Road America is not going to happen. They're never going to go to Road America. It's too far out in the middle of nowhere. Is it? Would it be a good race? Maybe. They're not going to go there. They're not going to go there. They're not going to go to Watkins Glen. The only one that I can think of off the top of my head that is somewhere near a, like in a major market that they could go to would probably be Portland. Or Laguna Seca, maybe. Is that in a major market? I know it's in California, but I don't know exactly where it is. Eh, it's in California. It's close enough. There's a lot of California that's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I know. It's in Monterey. I think that's like, it's a little south of San Jose. San Jose's like, not really a major market, though. It's like maybe two and a half hours south of San Francisco. I don't See, know. I think that's too far out of San Francisco for them. I don't think they'd Probably. go for that. But this they, is They'd like, want something my, in San Francisco. This is my problem with F1, though. It's like the only tracks that they actually go to that are good tracks have been on the calendar since the 60s. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Spa's good. Monza's good, but those are like purpose-built racetracks. Mm-hmm. The only good street courses I can really think of that one's gone to recently are Azerbaijan, which is hit or miss, mm-hmm. and Singapore, which has sucked recently because the cars are giant now. And it's like IndyCar can pull off some good street courses. Detroit was awesome. Like, that was one of my favorite weekends of IndyCar schedule. But they also go to places like Laguna Seca and used to go to Watkins Glen and go to Road America and stuff like that. And it's just there are better things, I think, to showcase in America as far as racing goes than to show up on a street in Miami or Vegas. See, OK, so the thought process is I, the thought process with these series, because NASCAR has been guilty of this recently as well. They in Chicago. They, well, yeah, exactly. They want to bring the racing to the fans. They don't want to go to a track that's out in the middle of nowhere that fans have to go a long distance to go to. They want to go where they're closest to the most amount of people that will buy tickets. And if that means that the racing is a little worse, that they seem to be willing to sacrifice that. Whether that's right or wrong, all of these series are guilty of that. I, I don't know how much F- or IndyCar has done that, but I'm sure IndyCar has done something to that extent recently of just trying to get into a market and not necessarily caring about whether it's a good track or not. I think the Indy GP would probably be guilty of that now that they go there twice a year. I, I, I like that race sometimes. It can be a good race. Shouldn't be going there twice. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I understand like from the series perspective, you want to sell your tickets and get people to go to the race. But I think there has to be a balance between getting new fans to show up to a race just to say they've been to a race and keeping your old fans that are interested in the racing product. You're a racing series. If you want to be a reality TV show, by all means, be a reality TV show. But if you want to keep the racing product, you have to think about it. I mean, if it wasn't a racing series, we wouldn't be doing any of this. We like racing. Some of the new fans just want to show up and watch cars go around a track, which is fine. But at some point, this is going to have a negative effect on motorsports in general, whether that's teams don't want to race anymore because they're not racing anymore. Drivers don't want to race anymore because it's impossible to do anything. I think we've already seen this in F1 a little bit. Think about all the F1 drivers that have come over to the U.S. and done IndyCar. Like, Marcus Erickson is now vehemently defending IndyCar on every social media channel because he can actually race a car. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I don't understand how we've gotten so far away from the racing product just in the name of money. See, the funny thing is, with a lot of those guys coming over to IndyCar, I don't think a lot of them came over because they wanted to initially. I think a lot of them came over just because they didn't have a choice, because they didn't have any more seats available in F1. So they're like, well, I just want to race something. 
and IndyCar's offering me a ride, and then they get over here and realize how much better it actually is, even mm-hmm. though they're probably getting paid a lot less than they were when they were in F1, even to drive. I mean, every one of these former F1 drivers that are in IndyCar were driving the backmarker cars. They were driving Haas's, Alfa Romeo's, whatever. They weren't driving anything competitive. No. But I guarantee they were getting paid more to drive those than they are for these for a Ganassi car or an Andretti car or whatever. And yet they still come over here and they defend this series and talk about how much better it is. So that should be a very telltale sign right there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys like Grosjean and Erickson, they came over here just because, you know, they got kicked out of their car in F1 mm-hmm. and weren't super motivated about it. But once they got here, you see Erickson and Grosjean, they love it. And there's so much more access to fans and all that. And it's just, I don't understand how you could ever go to an IndyCar event and an F1 event and say F1 is better. No, I agree. I I don't see how you could do that either. Uh, But somehow people still do it and it doesn't make any sense. Just like somehow people can look at the last lap at Kansas and blame Denny Hamlin for that. It doesn't make any sense, but it still happens. Touche, all right. <laughs> uh, uh, what else happened in the F one race? That it sucked. It it, was it not did. Good. It it was kind of interesting to see Verstappen come through the field, but at the same time, I really would like Checo to win some more races just for more competition. And I really thought Checo was going to win this with Verstappen starting ninth. But it was very clear early on that Verstappen was at least going to make a run out of it because he went ninth to second in like 15 laps and yeah. wasn't even really trying as he did that. Um, And then just, I don't know, like it, it really wasn't even a race at the end. Like he got around, he got around Checo got like two seconds out and then just kind of coasted from there, just kind of kept Checo about two seconds back and never really pushed it from that point anymore. It was very disheartening to see. Cause I, I do kind of like Checo um, and I would like to see him do. I honestly, I'd much rather see him win the championship this year than Verstappen. Yeah. But at the rate we're going, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, it's it's very clear Verstappen is in the number one car there. It's it's honestly amazing that Checo has done as much as he has, especially when it almost seems like he's actively getting screwed over by the team because they were talking at one point about how they were giving Max constant updates in the middle of the race as to where he was in relevance to Checo with the pit strategy, like where they were going to be once both had made their pit stops. And apparently they weren't telling Checo any of this. Like, it was just silent on Checo's radio, which seems a bit unfair to me. You you would think you would be trying to keep both of your drivers happy, but it doesn't seem like they really care about keeping Checo happy. They only care about Max. Yeah, I w- this is one of those times where I wish F1 would quit doing the two-car teams thing. If you only care about one of your drivers, only enter one car. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's just it sucks to see because even if you had like a Mercedes or an Aston Martin like having a good race and challenging for the win, all you have to do is have Perez have a different pit strategy, put him out just in front of the other car, mm-hmm. and then hold them up until Verstappen goes by. And they've and it, done that a lot. I know they have, and it sucks yeah. because you're ruining the racing product. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't, I actually haven't even watched a single F1 race this year because. The racing product is so bad. You you look at the starting grid, and you look at the finishing results, and that's all you need to know. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I mean, now, if you looked at the starting grid for this race, it was all jumbled up. With, like, Hamilton was starting in, like, 13th, and Verstappen was back in, like, 9th. And it was all jumbled up, and uh, Alonzo was starting 2nd. Like, it... It was kind of a mess, but at the same time, it all kind of evened out and everybody ended up about where they should have been, which is normal F1, yeah. um, because everybody, it's very clear cut who is where most weeks in like the speed chart. Like It's very clear most of the time the Red Bulls are going to be the top two. Alonzo so far has generally been about the third best car. I mean, four out of five races, he has finished third. 
but yet his teammate Lance Stroll most of the time is not even in the points in the top 10. So there's a very clear difference in Aston Martin, and I don't know if that's all on, because there's always been a lot of talk that Lance Stroll is not very good to begin with, and he's just there because his dad owns the team. So I don't know if this is Alonzo showing how bad Stroll really is, or if they're just giving Alonzo that much better of a car than Stroll. I'd say it's probably a mixture of both. Alonzo's known for getting the most out of a mediocre car, and Mm -hmm. nobody's ever said that about Lance Stroll. (laughs) No, and it is kind of funny that um, Aston Martin has a Mercedes power plant, and Alonzo is consistently outrunning both Mercedes cars by a lot. Yeah, I don't know. F1's just terrible this year, and has been for the last several years, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to fix it. Uh, let's segue back to the Cup Series and then do predictions because I got to go here pretty soon. But uh, somebody finally decided to try to do something about Ross Chastain and ended up getting clocked in the face before a security guard spread him out. I, right. I, I've seen this comment several times already. We should go to hockey rules for NASCAR fights. <laughs> Honestly, I don't have a problem with that. Like, if they want to fight, let them fight. Like, yeah. I, I don't get that. And. And as we talked about, I think we talked about last week, how nobody ever fully gets Ross back. Mm -hmm. Like, Gragson went to fight him this time, and all he did was grab his suit, Chastain clocks him, and then they get pulled apart. Like, Gragson didn't get to do anything, so this isn't over yet. They didn't Gregson was about to land a nasty left hook on him, though. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I don't understand how Chastain keeps getting bailed out on this stuff. Like... And it's not even like I don't like Chastain. I know you don't like Chastain, uh, but it it's not even that I don't like Chastain. It's it's more the fact of he keeps getting in these situations and somehow keeps getting bailed out and somehow comes out on top, whether it's the other driver gets penalized, the other driver gets pulled away before he can land a punch, whatever it might be. And somehow Chastain always comes out the winner in these situations and it doesn't seem quite fair. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't understand how, like, he he legit ran Gregson. In, like, if you want to talk about running somebody into the wall, what he did to Gregson was running him into the wall. They never made contact, no. But you could literally see where the air from Chastain coming up the track literally got Gregson out of shape and pushed him up into the wall. Gregson knew this. He comes back down the track and doors Chastain. This was in like the middle of the race. Right, and then Gregson was then Gregson was still mad about it at the end of the race, comes and confronts him. He ends up getting punched and never gets anything out of it. Yeah. And I guess I finally saw where there was an interview with Chast or with Gregson. They interviewed Chastain and then completely cut away. Never talked to Gregson on the broadcast. Like it was the shortest post race ever which is wild to me that this was the best race of the season, yet they have three minutes of post-race. They're going to make up for it somewhere. I guess. Uh, But I finally saw where they had interviewed Gregson, and he was talking about how this wasn't just from that incident. It was also where uh, it was also stemming from Talladega, where he was like, he didn't even work with us at Talladega. Instead, he just comes down and turns me at Talladega. He's like, I'm tired of it. Somebody needed to do it. And then I saw another video where right after they had had their fight, um, Gregson's walking away and he walks by Chase and -hmm. Chase looks at him and he goes, well, somebody had to do it. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I dislike Gregson just as much as I dislike Chastain. So this is just kind of like a if they both. Is there anybody you do like besides Byron? Literally everybody that we talk about, you're like, I don't like him. I don't (laughs) like him. You just don't like the whole field. I have a reason for Gregson though no do you because Let's last last year in the xfinity race at road america when he just turned somebody in front of the whole field that's oh chicken. yeah that's yeah. and i hate that yeah should have gotten like a five race suspension for that but nascar's like oh well money everybody's watching this <laughs> but no i i just i don't like drivers that drive dirty and even if somebody i do like does it i'm still gonna call it out just because i don't like it but yeah, I mean, Chastain's like a menace at this point, and until yeah. somebody actually like hurts the dude, he's gonna keep getting away with it. 
It's going to take him getting into the championship four and being in the lead and three guys just pile driving him into the wall before he even thinks, oh, wow, maybe I should be a little bit nicer to people. You know what? what? Last week, he sends Brennan Poole in the wall and says, oh, I guess I should apologize. And then this week, sends Gregson into the wall. And it's like Mm -hmm. every week, dude. Yeah, literally every week. Thanks, Ross. Uh, and and you're right. And that's what it's getting to at this point is it's literally going to get to the point where he's going to be in the championship four and there's literally going to be like half the field just drives straight and puts him in the wall. Like, that's what this is coming down to. The radioactive from the championship race is going to be fun. Where's yep. the one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got like 27 drivers being like, where's yeah. the one car? <laughs> Everybody that's not in the championship four, they're just like. Where is he? You gotta find him. <laughs> Just actively gonna make his life hell that whole race. He deserves it at this point. Somebody... Honestly, that would be the most entertaining Phoenix race ever. Yeah, Phoenix is due for an entertaining race. Haven't yeah, had one right. since we got rid of the grass and the dog leg. Mm-hmm. But and even then, they weren't great, but they were uh, better. Yeah, I think that might just be more Gen Four, just nostalgia than anything. But probably. All right, well, let's get into predictions. Uh, you won Denny Hamlin this week, so if we were doing a bracket, you would be one leg up. Who do you have for trucks at Darlington? Uh, trucks at Darlington, I am going to go with Carson Hosevar. Um, if I remember correctly, I think he almost won this race last year. I'd have he to did. go he back finished and... second. That's right. Okay, so... Um, I feel like that's a solid pick, and he's got a Dale Jarrett throwback, so I feel obligated to pick him um, because it's it's Dale Jarrett. So um, I think Carson Hosevar wins, and I am going to get a race win diecast out of it, I hope. Dude, like right. ha- half of NASCAR is doing Dale Jarrett GPS throwbacks this week. I he's noticed. Cool. I, didn't, I didn't even realize Stenhouse, Stenhouse is doing the exact same scheme that Chastain is doing, but he doesn't have actual UPS on the hood, which... Takes it down a notch or two, but uh, more than a notch or two. But right, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, for trucks, I am going to go with Ty Majeski. He did well at this race last year. That's a weird way to say Zane Smith. That is a weird way to say Zane Smith. <laughs> but I'm actually not picking Zane Smith this week. <gasps> Clutches pearls, which means Zane Smith's going to win by like 20 seconds, probably. Because so. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not allowed to win any of these. But yeah, Ty Majeski did pretty well here last year. Uh, I think he's due for a win. He's been up front a lot of times so far this season and hasn't really been able to do a whole lot with it. But all right, going to Xfinity Series, who you got? I'm going to go with Sheldon Creed. Um, I He was very close to winning this race last year. In fact, I, if I remember correctly, was leading until turn three and then things got really wild um, and he ended up not winning. But um <laughs> I think he he backs up that strong run from last year and finally gets that first Xfinity win in what was just released now two days ago when this comes out, maybe one day ago if I can get this out on Tuesday, um, released on Monday, uh, his Kevin Harvick 2001 Bush Series championship throwback, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that, RCR did release their throwbacks today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Creed has Harvick's 2001 Bush championship and Austin Hill has Harvick's 2006 Bush Championship. It's kind of cool since Harvick isn't even at RCR anymore. That's cool. The, the literally from the the video that they did to announce it, they had Harvick come over to RCR, and RC was the one that showed him the the paint schemes. It was really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'm going to go with Sam Mayer this weekend. I think he is due for a good weekend. In his Kurt Busch throwback? In a Kurt Busch throwback. He's doing the Sharpie scheme, isn't he? He is, which is really cool. Isn't Tyler Reddick also doing that in Cup Series? Mm, I don't remember what Reddick is running. I think it's like the red and silver with like a Kurt Busch logo on the hood, because God forbid Sharpie come back for one weekend and do a Kurt Busch throwback. Right. Which I think it's even cooler when your throwbacks have the original sponsor in it, mm-hmm. which doesn't really happen that often, but... It would be super cool and a great marketing propaganda thing, if I think. Oh, yeah, that is what he's running. 
Okay. Yeah. It just cool. looks terrible because the next gen car looks awful with throwbacks and they have zero right. original logos on it. Yeah. Well, okay. Give credit where credit is due. Chastain in his Dale Jarrett throwback, he that one does look has cool. UPS on the hood. Yeah, that one does look cool. I don't like Chastain. The past two years of throwbacks have been really cool, except last year we couldn't get a diecast of it because Coca Cola mm-hmm. freaking sucks. And this year it's Dale Jarrett. That's cool. Well, actually, doesn't Hosovar have UPS on the hood too? I think he does. Yeah, because they've got Worldwide Express is actually the sponsor, but I guess Worldwide Express is partners yeah, with UPS. Yeah, exclusive sponsor of UPS. So yeah, yes, it's like throwing their logo on it. It's like a B two B thing, which whatever, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, but yeah, I think uh, Sam Mayer's due for a good weekend in Xfinity. I think he's finally going to put JRM up top this year. And moving to the Cup Series, who you got? I got Denny going two for two. Denny is very good at Darlington, and I think he picks up his second win in a row with his... I don't even know what that's supposed to be a throwback to. I, it looks very similar to last year's throwback, I think, but I, I don't know what that's supposed to be a throwback to. Classic Joe Gibbs racing throwback moment. Yeah, Joe JGR has the worst throwbacks. Even when they do a cool one with Bell and his Matt Kenseth throwback this year, they didn't even get it fully right. It just looks terrible. Like, yeah, oh. it, it's not good. But. JGR cannot do paint schemes. Nope, they can't. Especially now with the next gen car, it's just awful. Mm-hmm. But, all right, I see your Denny Hamlin, and I'm gonna raise you a Chase Elliott. I think he is finally going to have a good weekend this year at Darlington. Uh, he's been very close to winning Darlington a couple times, has been taken out by some JGR cars every time, and I think this year will be the year he pulls it off in his dad's number nine throwback. I'm I'm glad you acknowledged that it was a Bill Elliott throwback, because when we first saw this, you were calling it a Casey Kane and would that not was a joke. It a Bill Elliott. I know. It, I know it was a Bill Elliott scheme, but when I started watching NASCAR, Casey Kane was in the nine in that exact same paint scheme. And I was like, oh, wow, that's a cool Casey Kane throwback. Not exact same. Kane actually had like schemes on his car, whereas when Bill drove it, it was just flat red. Flat red with a Dodge logo and a number nine. Yeah, <laughs> which which Kane actually had like actual schemes like there was more mm-hmm. than just flat red on it so yeah the the flat red that was just a bill elliott thing all right uh segueing to indycar at the greatest track in the whole entire world who you got this weekend i'm gonna go will power um i feel like he's won this race a good number of times hasn't he yeah for a while it was like Pagano Power, Pagano Power, Pagano Power. That was like the first six or seven years of this race. Well, there we go. So Will Power knows how to win this race. I think he's going to win it uh, this time for his first win of 2023. All right. I think Roman Grosjean is finally going to quit finishing second, and he's going to finish first at the Indy Road Course. He qualified on the pole here a couple years ago in a Dale Coyne car. That's how fast he is at this track. And he was running up front most of that race, too. And I think this year he's going to qualify up front again in his Andretti Honda. And I think he's going to be able to pull off the win this weekend in potentially a rain-finished race. I still stick with my guns and say he's going to finish second again. And this is all leading up to him winning the 500. Yeah, I, I can it's all totally a conspiracy. see that. I can totally see that, but I there's a couple other storylines I'd love to see from the 500 this year, such as the only four-time winner coming back for his fifth. Not the only, the most recent the only, four-time the only winner. Active four-time. Yeah, the only active four-time winner coming back and possibly winning his fifth. I think he might have a shot again this year because he is using the same exact car and chassis that he won his fourth race in this year. Nice. Speaking of the 500, have you watched the first two episodes of 100 Days to Indy yet? I watched the first one. I was going to watch the second one think? today. I really like it, actually. Um, I remember the Indianapolis Colts did the NFL insider thing for a year, mm-hmm. and it's giving me very, very strong vibes of that. And I like that show. Uh, I like how they kind of go into the drivers' lives and talk about them and they didn't spend a whole lot of time on the race. They were just like, oh, yeah, and we did this. But 
I, other than that, I think it was pretty good, and I'm excited to see what they do for the rest of the season. Are they only doing it to Indianapolis, and then they're done? Yes. Or are they doing the I, whole season? It's six episodes, so I believe the oh. last episode will be the 500. They cringed it. Okay, well, they got to do the whole season sometime. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, but I, I agree that this is probably very similar to the Colts thing. It's very similar to Drive to Survive and the NASCAR one that they did last year, Race for the Championship. It's the same formula that all of these shows use, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's it's a good formula. It worked for F1 with Drive to Survive. So, And that's why I'm saying if you like this, you should watch Drive to Survive. And maybe you would get more of an appreciation for F1 from that. <laughs> Honestly, like it makes F1 more exciting than it is. So if you want some excitement out of F1... That's where you should get it. Oh, God. I'm glad IndyCar doesn't need a TV show to have exciting races. They don't but... need it to have exciting races, but they need they need it to pull people in to see those exciting races. I so hope that this sparks like a whole lot of interest in IndyCar because it is the greatest series in the world, in my opinion. But suck on that landing castle and your NASCAR's like the most diverse one ever, blah, blah, blah. Only because you race on dirt, too, you stupid landing castle. Pissed me off. Anyway. All right, moving on. I think that's going to about do it since Tyler has to get to work. So we will uh, see you all next week, hopefully. Um, have a good weekend. Enjoy Throwback Weekend at Darlington. Enjoy the Indy GP. Uh, enjoy ARCA East at um, Nashville, which... Speaking of which, we need to remind everyone when all these races are. Nashville will be 8.30 p.m. Saturday night, 8.30 Eastern on Flow Racing. Um, Tyler wins the IndyCar race while I look up the NASCAR stuff. It's either 2.30 or 3.30 p.m. on Sunday. That's not helpful. I think it's 2.30, but it'll probably okay. get changed anyway because it's supposed to thunderstorm around like 5 or 6 in Speedway, so they'll probably bump it up early. 3.30 p.m. Eastern on NBC for IndyCar. Uh, trucks are Friday night, 7.30 Eastern on FS1. Xfinity is Saturday at 1.30 in the afternoon on Big Fox. And Cup Race is Sunday afternoon at 3 on FS1. Why is the Xfinity race on Big Fox and the Cup Race is on FS1? NASCAR. I'd blame that one more on Fox being Fox, but whatever. Um, that's going to do it. Enjoy throwback weekend. Enjoy the Indy GP. Enjoy Nashville. We will see you next week. Same time, same place at that. I'm Garth. That's Tyler. This is the rookie stripes podcast on racing news. Now.